Yo, what's good, my fellow ballers? It is Friday, and last night we had the first round of the NFL draft take place. It's about damn time football makes its way back into our lives. Just like I predicted, the top five quarterbacks in this draft were all taken in the first round, and three were taken with the first three picks. Like, dude, the first three picks. A friend of mine mentioned that you can tell where the league is at right now with quarterbacks if three are being taken with the first three, and then five are taken almost within the top 15. But in the first round, five were gone. Everyone's out hunting for them, for real. They were out there looking for them. Overall, the first night of the draft was seriously really interesting, and the draft is always just fun because this is where you get to see teams, you know, make the some silly moves and some good moves, but that's the beauty of the draft. So I'm going to do a full breakdown from pick 1 to 32. Here we go. So the recap, we saw talented QB room go all within the first round, like I said, almost all of them actually went in the top 10, almost the top 15. And it's really awesome when you have drafts like this because let's say you're, I'll just say the Chargers because I'm a Charger fan. Let's say the Chargers needed a cornerback this year, which they actually did. It helps them out because then if it's a big, talented quarterback draft and teams need quarterbacks desperately, then the Chargers don't have to worry about, you know, drafting up or trading or drafting back or trading back or having to reach for a player. That was the luxury of this year's draft. But also that's the funny part about a draft like this is because teams will become desperate and will just attack with everything they have. It's honestly kind of funny because a lot of teams will will reach or crack under pressure and will just pull the trigger and regret the pick immediately. Cough, Mitchell Trubisky, cough, cough. <laughs> anyway, here are the first 32 picks of the 2021 NFL Draft with a letter grade. All right. With the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select quarterback Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Did anyone not see this coming? We knew the pick was coming for months, and the Jaguars didn't do something wild or overthink the process at the last second. Lawrence has been pegged as a future number one pick for years, and it was the prize for the worst team in 2020. The Jaguars were awful. He offers a steady hand leadership and much needed identity to a team that had very little to be excited about. They're just a God awful team, but this was the draft to nab a quarterback. And out of that whole QB room, he is by far the best a plus grade for him. I think a buddy of mine, also another buddy of mine, Jordan, and I talked about this before the draft. We think he will have the most success and right off the bat, he will just excel immediately. And I, I think so too. I think he's the most pro ready out of all the quarterbacks. With the second pick in the draft, the New York Jets select quarterback Zach Wilson out of BYU, a grade of B for him. The reason why they took him is because they traded away Sam Darnold, so literally you have no quarterback. They liked his arm strength, they liked the mobility, but I'm not sure if I would take him here too. I'm not really a fan of really the quarterback talent this year. Honestly, it's just Lawrence and Justin Fields were the only two that I were sold on, but the Jets were desperate, and they saw something in him that was obviously enough to take him at the at the number two spot in the draft. So I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a Jets fan, and they always seem to draft terribly, and their organization is just horrible. But I guess you could say this is the right step in the right direction because they didn't have a quarterback. You know, Darnold went to the Panthers later, dude. So they needed a young guy to come in and figure it out. So I hope him the I wish him the best. I don't know if he's going to really get any help because they the Jets are just notoriously bad. So 
I, I mean, hope he figured. I never want any of these guys to do bad wherever they go. I want them to succeed. Anyway, with the third pick in the draft, the San Francisco 49ers selected Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. I, oh, this was the one that has, so this one has me a little distraught. So I know why they took him because Jimmy G's, you know, is 29. He never can stay healthy. And the raw talent and the tape is there for Trey Lance. But I think at three and giving up three first round picks for him, I just, I just think it's so far out of reach. So let's hope, let's hope that they get something out of him because to give up that much to pick probably out of the five quarterbacks in this draft, probably my least favorite next to Zach Wilson. I don't know. That's Frisco. Not not too smart. John Lynch, what are you doing? But they deserved a grade of B minus, so they're hyped on him enough to select him at three, like they did with Wilson at two, man. So see, this is this is what happens. When teams are desperate for quarterbacks, they will pull the trigger. They just ah they just can't hold back. It's funny. Number four, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida, a grade of A. Dude, the NFL comparison to this guy is Travis Kelsey. The guy's an athlete. Literally ran a 4-3 at like 6-3, 240. Okay? He literally can catch anything. All the mismatches you can think of. I am so stoked that Atlanta got him because now you have Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Matt Ryan. Oh, baby. That's nasty, dude. I know Matt Ryan's getting old, and they even there was a couple mock drafts that had them pro- projected to take a QB, but they believe in Ryan, and I do too. Matt Ryan is sick, and he has one of the sickest nicknames ever, Matty Ice. Like, come on, bro. That's so sick. I'm not a Falcons fan. Obviously, I'm a Chargers fan, but I do really... If I were the Falcons, I'd be stoked. You're literally getting the best tight end prospect in the draft and arguably one of the best prospects in the draft. The fifth pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU, a grade of C minus. I don't know how I've so they so the C minus grade I understand because Cincinnati truly I think as being if I were the GM they should have gone tackle especially with last year Burrow rookie quarterback got his freaking leg destroyed last year O line was horrible they needed help on the line but also desperately needed offensive weapon and you know what's cool about this Jamar Chase was Joe Burrow's receiver at LSU I'm telling you they are gonna break probably so many records in Cincinnati together. I still think Panay Sewall was the choice here at five. It should have been. I think they have it as C minus because it's a reach for a receiver. They didn't have any weapons, but they also didn't, they don't have an O-line. So which one do you pick? I'm shuffling my hands back and forth, left and right. Do you want a weapon or do you want to protect your quarterback of the future? And they chose receiver. So I don't know. I, I think Jamar Chase is sick. It's just, I'm, I I don't think they should have gone him, but whatever. He will he will he's worth it. He's worth it at five, I think. Number six in the draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama, a grade of B plus. Tua needed a receiver. That was pretty much what needed to happen here as well. Another uh Panay was also projected to go here at six, but in the last rec- in the in the two most recent years, the Dolphins have made a, have made a plethora of moves, dude. And they needed to surround Tool with some help. And this is the correct, this is the right direction. Jalen Waddle is nasty. He's arguably the best wide receiver in the draft next to Jamar Chase and a couple others. But you know what? They needed a receiver. They need weapons more than any other than any other of their overlying needs. So I mean, good for them, I guess. Whatever. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. 
mad about this one. They selected offensive tackle Panay Sewell out of Oregon. This was Justin Herbert's old teammate at Oregon. How awesome it would have been to see them team up together. There were so many mock drafts that projected him to land in LA. Not slip all the way to 13 because that's just not, that wasn't, there's no way that was going to happen because he used that town. They projected he was going to go even, even to Atlanta if they needed a lineman or Cincy. Two picks and three picks prior, and he's here at seven. Detroit, I'm telling you, got so lucky he dropped all the way to seven. A grade of A plus, he's gonna future Pro Bowl or future Hall of Famer, like no doubt. He is, he is the number one lineman in the draft by far. And it's so frustrating because I felt the Chargers should have at least maybe attempted to get up there, maybe move up to seven to try and take him, but. Obviously, that didn't happen, and now he's going to Detroit. I wish him all the best of luck, but it is a bummer that he didn't make it to L.A. With the eighth pick, the Carolina Panthers select J.C. Horn, quarterback out of South Carolina. This pick was given a D grade, and I don't know if it's because— You know what? No, no, no. Do you know what it is? They think they're giving this a D because Panay Suwall, who just got drafted before, the pick before, that was who Carolina was gunning for. And then— they could have easily gone with Patrick Surt on the second, but they felt J.C. Horn was the option over him. And then with getting Sam Darnold, do you get Justin Fields? Do you feel comfortable taking Fields and then having Darnold on the roster? It was just a mess. And Carolina, I think, just botched it. I, But that's the thing, though. I don't. People think they did. I personally don't think they did because J.C. Horn, I think, is the best corner of the draft. He literally is the most aggressive, feisty, in one of the most man coverage corners, the best in the draft. So they're getting a dog for sure, but maybe not the smart pick at eight. If Suwa dropped to eight, that would have made sense then. This grade, then this this pick right here would have been been rejoiced. Hallelujah. But they didn't. Unfortunately, he was picked before. So I'm still stoked. I hope, I hope he just kills it because he is, his tape, he's really talented. Number nine, the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos like Patrick Sertan the second, cornerback out of Alabama. This defense is just getting even more scarier than it already is. Resigning Justin Simmons, now adding this boy, nasty. There were Rodgers speculations the day of the draft. Aaron Rodgers has publicly stated he's over Green Bay and does not want to be there anymore. And immediately, three of the landing spots, or at least two of the landing spots I know for him, was San Francisco and Denver. Holy crap. AFC West, if you went to Denver, that would, that would have been nuts. And I this and this pick right here deserved a grade of a B. A B grade, but I know, I know the majority of Denver fans would have loved to have Justin Fields right here at this pick, but I don't know why they don't take him here. They traded for Teddy Bridgewater like a week ago. They have Drew Locke. They're both garbage. I'm, I don't believe in either of them in the future. My buddy Steven, who's a Broncos fan, said if the the Broncos need to go out there and invest money and time into a quality quarterback. And they have not done that, unfortunately. Fields was there at nine. Fields and Mac Jones are there at nine, and you don't take a, you don't take either of them. John Elway, man, don't know what your plan is, but Sertan's going to ball out, but I think you should have gone quarterback. Number 10th pick, this pick was traded. The Cowboys originally had it, then traded it to the Eagles. The Eagles then selected Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama, A-plus grade, Dude is nasty. Arguably the best receiver in the draft. Played with Waddle at Alabama and also Mac Jones. Immediate upgrade for the Eagles to partner him up with Jalen Hurts. They were teammates as well, Alabama. This this is bang for your buck right here. The guy's going to produce immediately. The number 11th pick in the draft. The Giants were at this position. They traded it to the Chicago Bears. 
the dopest pick of the draft, probably. Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State. Bye-bye, Mitchell Trubisky. They sent all their picks. Bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Grade of A+. I think Justin Fields, right, next, right behind Trevor Lawrence, is going to have just immediate success. And Justin Fields is so athletic, he literally can just excel in any system he's put in. He's so He's that good. So... Chicago, you should be stoked. I'm stoked, and I'm a Charger fan, and I don't obviously I don't want any other team to do good other than the Chargers. But that's a, that's an awesome pick, grade of A plus, and I totally agree. Next on the list, twelfth pick, Dallas Cowboys select Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State, big physical dude, a B plus grade. Their defense was absolutely one of the worst last year. I think literally, I remember the stat popping up on the screen. They ranked 30th in yards per game last year, giving up on defense. It was like 150 yards per game. That is garbage. You're getting a physical guy that can cover and get in the blocking lanes and disrupt really any pass. So they needed that desperately. Number 13th, yes, the most important one. You already know. Los Angeles Chargers had 13 select. Rayshon Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern, a grade of A minus. Screw that grade of A plus, it should be. I had this guy projected in multiple different mock drafts. Not even my mock drafts, but even, even if those mock drafts weren't even fake, real, projected, whatever. That's the whole point of them. If I so I knew Sawal was gonna be gone, but I crossed my fingers, maybe not. But I knew when Sawal was gone, I knew that he was, and then and then like I actually talked about in a previous episode too. J.C. Horn was also gone. So, Sewell's gone at 7, and then J.C. Horn's gone at 8. Two of the guys that I projected would go to the Chargers at 13th, if they dropped. And they didn't. But the next best guy, Rashawn Slater, is there. Our future left tackle, all pro. I am so, I am stoked. Every Charger fan should be stoked on this guy. Big, physical dude. Opt out of 2020 to take care of his body and get ready for the draft and get ready for the next year. He's going to be, he's going to be plugged in right to the left tackle spot. Day one, insane pass grades. I am, I am, I'm just, I'm baffled. I'm so stoked he dropped all the way to 13 because the Chargers, honestly, they get so lucky. Guys will always like Derwin James. I mentioned this yesterday. Derwin James dropped all the way to 17, and we got him four years ago. Insane. Number 14th pick, the New York Jets traded with the Minnesota Vikings to move all the way up to this spot. They drafted Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive guard out of USC, a grade of B. This pick specifically is meant for Zach Wilson. The Jets, literally, uh, the Jets, they were, <laughs> they were dub- they needed to double down on protecting Zach Wilson. This is what they did. Yes, they did jump up a lot of spots. I think maybe a reach at 14 and move all the way up. But you know what? They're planning for the future. So two, you know what? Two solid picks in the first round. You know what? They're trying to build a future there in New York. Yes, they're a terrible franchise. But you know what? Two steps in the right direction. Number 15th, New England Patriots like Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama, all the top five quarterbacks are now off the board. A B-plus grade for this. Mobility is a problem with him, but if you look at Mac Jones and Tom Brady's draft photos, just just gross. Just gross dad bods. Guys that just are... You know what? Mac Jones is truly a pocket passer, and that's what Tom was his entire career and still in his career, and that's what he was the majority in New England. He'd sit back, drop back, and just throw lasers. So the thing is, he doesn't have like crazy measurables he's just like a basic white guy like a white quarterback he's just very simple they're saying he's the most nfl ready quarterback i'm they say that because of obviously Alabama's system is very similar to new england it's the most pro level system you can think of so that's why just if they figure out the mobility when I, mean, I mean they don't have to because new england doesn't run that kind of like offense they literally obviously create pocket passers even though they have cam newton who's the starting quarterback which is on the other side of the spectrum of like 
completely different quarterback. Athletic, non-athletic. Athletic Cam, non-athletic Jones. It's very different. So the quarterback room's interesting, but they got the quarterback of the future if Cam doesn't pan out. Number 16th pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. A grade of B, a physical linebacker. Really viewed as just a weapon here. Don't really know. He's kind of just like a plug-and-play guy. It may not be a reach. It's not going to make a ton of waves as the pick, but you know what? This helps the defense out, losing Hassan Riddick. Number 17th pick, probably the dumbest one of the entire draft. The Las Vegas Raiders select <laughs> Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama, a grade of D+. This was a reach by far. I remember this this guy being selected on the TV. My dad and I go, who? <laughs> Literally, no idea who this guy is. No clue. He's physical. He's big. And John Gruden loves size. So maybe they felt that was what they needed to do was go get a big, mean brawler. But Christian Derrissaw? Left tackle from Virginia Tech is still on the board, and you're not taking him? Uh, I don't know. I'm not too happy with that. The next pick, number 18, the Miami Dolphins select defensive end Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Physical dude, quick. They need to buff up their defense as well. He literally has all the speed to chase down agile quarterbacks, hitting power to make an impact. His pursuit speed is nuts. He's long, lean pass rusher, has a plethora of moves. He's going to kill it in Miami. Number 19 pick, Washington Selects linebacker Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Um, don't know much too much about this one. It's a Ron Rivera pick for sure because he's always been a defensive-minded quarterback. He's extremely raw, so they're going to try and work with him. But I think a reach, he should not have been selected in the top 20, but Washington felt they needed a linebacker desperately. Number 20 at the next pick, the New York Giants select Kadarius Toney, wide receiver out of Florida. Now, this helps Daniel Jones in a big way. Now that they have Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph, another receiver to add to the mix. You know what? They needed help on offense. This was given a grade of a B. They needed help. Daniel Jones needs help. He is the future. And this guy, quick. The tape, he's fast. He's like literally Tyree Kill. He's insanely quick. He's a really good deep threat. So, well, you know what? If you're the Giants, you're stoked. You got a really good solid receiver out of Florida. The 21st pick, the Indianapolis Colts select Quiddy Pay, sick-ass name, defensive end out of Michigan. He, he's physical. If they When they showed his tape last night, they said he only had one specific pass rush move. But you know what? That is coachable in the NFL. If a guy only has one pass rush move, but you watch it, blowing past guys, throwing guys down, pursuits really, you know, pursues really well. That's easy. At 21, that is, he is a solid value pick, and that's e- and he will be easy to develop when you have that kind of talent. Number 22 in the next pick, Tennessee Titans like Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. This was given a grade of A. This guy was also projected to go to the Chargers. Chargers did need some QB help. The only reason why he, QB, I said QB, sorry, cornerback help. The reason why he dropped so far is because he has a, he has a history of injuries. So that was the only reason why he dropped the 22, but Tennessee did lose a Dory Jackson in the offseason. Fairly comes right in, fills that spot. Physical, small corner, cover corner, he'll get it done mean pick at 22. The 23rd pick, the Minnesota Vikings select Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Another solid pick, one of the highly touted linemen in this draft. Minnesota, they need protection. Kirk Cousins is there. He's getting old. Doesn't really like to move the ball. Doesn't Not move the ball a lot. He doesn't like to move a lot. Derrissaw will play right tackle, a good slide and tackle for the position. Number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama, a grade of B+. Plus. He is the perfect Steelers running back in a nutshell. Move the chains, isn't afraid of contact. And the Steelers just lost James Conner James Connor to the Cardinals. So they had a hole, a big one, and they filled it immediately in the draft. 
Number 25th pick, the Jaguars again on the board. Select running back Travis Etienne out of Clemson. Teaming up with Lawrence again. This makes it easier for Lawrence now to make his transition into the NFL very simple. He now has an outlet for passing, a back that literally can just do everything. He's shifty. And it's just going to help Lawrence just produce more, especially having a teammate. A grade of C-plus for this. They felt an offensive tackle should have been picked here, but I think at this point, all the big ones were already off the board. So maybe just a, I don't know, not a reach here. Kind of just a, we'll see how this pans out pick, but I'd be stoked, especially if I was Trevor Lawrence, dude. I mean, now you have one of your buddies playing with you, and he he's solid. So, eh, who knows? Number 26 pick, the Cleveland Browns select Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern. Northwestern, get a shout-out, dude. Grade a B-plus for this. Showing up in this draft. Slater 13th and then Newsom at 26. You know what? That's sick. You know, yes, they play at Northwestern. It's not top end talent, but you know what? He's got he's got a lot of skills. And the Browns are adding to that defense. And they just signed to Javian Clowney and have Miles Garrett. Bro, that secondary is gonna be mean. And that defense is gonna be mean. The 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens select wide receiver Rashawn Bateman out of Minnesota. A grade of A plus. Another weapon for Lamar Jackson, him and Hollywood Brown. I just I just think it's it's gravy. Great size, home run, big play receiver who can stretch the field. They're stoked on him. 28th pick, New Orleans Saints select Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston. This was given the lowest grade, a grade of F. This is the kind of pick you expect when a team is desperate for a pass rusher and all the good ones have been taken. And they just, ah, ah let's just do it anyway because we just need to. They get trigger happy. But massive massive reach so sorry new orleans not no one's too <laughs> no one's stoked on your choice the 29th pick the green bay packers select Eric stokes cornerback out of georgia a grade of d i understand this why are you selecting a cornerback when you're trying to keep your franchise quarterback in green bay yes i know he publicly said he wants out but wouldn't you try anything to keep him there maybe get a receiver they have not done that they have not helped him out other than Devonte adams they have not helped him out and they need to they just, oh my gosh, they're just in, de- they're in desperation. They need a lot of offensive pieces and defensive pieces, and they just panicked right here. The 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills select Gregory Rousseau, defensive end out of Miami, given a grade of A. The Bills, this pick just served as, hey, we have, there's a really talented guy here at 30. We can take him because they don't need a lot of help. And this guy is talented, and he's willing to do anything and will make an impact at several, several positions on the field. He'll be a rotational pass rusher, but you know what? They got a good team player and a lot of value at that 30th pick. 31st pick, the Baltimore Ravens select Jason Oway, linebacker out of Penn State, a grade of A+, beefing up that defense. All they need is just to generate some pass rush, and he is he does that. And the last pick, the Super Bowl champs at 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Joe Tyron, linebacker out of Washington. So when you reach this point in the draft, I mean, usually after like 15 not 15, I'll say 20. After 20, there's just a lot of just kind of just random, not random picks, but usually like the big talent is gone. So a lot of this is just to fill depth most of the time. But you know what? They, they're thinking of the future pass rush, and this is one of those picks, and they needed it. It's not crazy. It's not bad. It's just kind of middle ground for the Buccaneers. And that that's it. That, that was the first day of the draft. It's already it's so crazy that it's already gone by. It was so fast, but 32 picks up, 32 down, and you know what? Day two starts today literally in like 13 minutes, so 7, seven Eastern time, so 4, because I'm in California, so 4 o'clock for me, 
Watch the draft. It's fun. You get to learn about a lot of stuff. You get to learn a lot about the players, coaching, what goes into drafting players, scouting. It's like literally the best part about football. It really is. I felt this needed to be said, but the Giants are in town this weekend to face the Padres. And this series needs to be treated the same way as if we were playing the Dodgers. The Giants are first in the NL West. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Giants are first, not the Padres or Dodgers. The Giants are 16-9. and I'm telling you, nobody predicted they'd be doing this good. And I was one of those people. The Padres are third with a 14-12 and record, trailing two and a half games to first. And the Dodgers are in second at 16-10. and And then the D-backs are right behind the Padres too. A game out from them. Only three, and they're three games out from first. This division is suiting up to be a real challenge for this year. For all the teams. Rockies, I'm not talking about you because you're garbage. You're in last with six wins. You stink. But four other teams that are gunning for first. The Diamondbacks are not going to... They will stay in third or fourth. There's no way they're making a playoff push. But the way the Giants are playing, maybe they do. They're playing good baseball. And I'm telling you right now, the matchup this weekend, in the weekend matchup, we get to see Darvish tonight, Snell tomorrow, and then Musgrove on Sunday. If you are in the San Diego area, I would suggest making two at at least one of those games. This is a pivotal point in the season. Like, people may not think it is, but it is. It's a huge test for the Padres. It really is. An early chase for that first place position? Uh, duh. Yeah. On the side, MLB already has released their NL and AL MVP standings so far. And why not? It's really interesting. For the National League, the rankings as of right now, Ronald Acuna ranks first, a slash of .341, .441, and .718. Hey, dude, I don't even know where to begin. Eight home runs, 29 hits, 18 RBIs, three stolen bases. Jacob DeGrom, when you have a pitcher in the NL MVP race, nuts. You're having a crazy year. Two and two record, 0.51 ERA. 59 strikeouts and a whip of 0.571. The dude is not even allowing a run a game. That is insane, people. I'm telling you. Watch Met, watch games when the Mets play. It's nuts. Bryce Harper's in third in the rankings. A slash of 321, 448, 615. Six home runs, 25 hits, 10 RBIs, and two stolen bases on the year. Justin Turner is in fourth. A slash of 344, 425, 622. Six home runs, 31 hits, 20 RBIs, and an OPS of 1.047. And our boy, Fernando Tatis Jr. in fifth, a slash of 262, 338, 631, seven home runs, 17 hits, 11 RBIs, four stolen bases. Get after it, baby. And then the AL MVP race, is anyone surprised that Mike Trout's in first? A slash of 420, 524, 783. You, you cannot make that up. Six home runs, 29 hits. 14 RBIs, OPS of 1.306. J.D. Martinez, who I mentioned last week in another episode, he's just been off to a great start. In second, a slash of 333, 417, 678. Seven home runs, 30 hits, 21 RBIs, and OPS of 1.095. Shohei Otani, a pitcher. And, no, 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 no. This guy is not even just a pitcher. He literally is a position player and he pitches. And he literally hits better than guys that literally only play a position that don't even pitch. 
He'll he literally hits better than sec, some second baseman, first baseman, third baseman, shortstops, everything. He has a slash of 284, 323, 636, seven home runs, 25 hits, 18 RBIs, and three stolen bases. Dude, he has more home runs than two people on this list. That is insane. Oh, and then his and then his pitching stats. 1-0 record, 3.29 ERA. 23 strikeouts and a whip of 1.39. Dude, that's so crazy we get to witness that. A guy that literally pitches 100 miles per hour and is talented and then literally can destroy the ball. Not just home runs. Literally is so talented he can get on base doing anything. It's it's wild. Byron Buxton, literally my favorite center fielder, ranks fourth in the MVP race in the American League. A slash of 438, 471, 938. Off the charts numbers, dude. Killing it. Eight home runs, 28 hits. 14 RBIs and two stolen bases. He's a bad man out in center field. Last in the rankings, Yaron Mercedes of the Chicago White Sox, a slash of 423, 464, 697, five home runs, 33 hits, 16 RBIs, and an OPS of 1.144. I'm telling you, be on the lookout for all of these names. Watch baseball, everybody, okay? Baseball is sick, and baseball is badass. And there's a lot of rad players, specifically in baseball, that are bringing baseball back to its former glory. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. have been multiple conversations of they're bringing baseball back to what it was before. They're making it fun. They're adding that extra flair, you know, with the bat flips and, you know, not giving a shit when they, you know, when they celebrate or whatever. It makes it fun. This is literally a kid's game that's played by grownups, dude. So they're bringing life back. And baseball, it's just sick. It's such a fun sport. And especially going to parks, going to ball games. Going to ball games is a blast. I had the privilege of going a couple weeks ago to the, the Milwaukee game. And even though we lost, awesome. Sat in right centered field. There's amazing seats right under the scoreboard. Literally can see Tommy Pham in the outfield. Like you literally, he's right there. You could say, hey, what's up, dog? And he would be like, yo, what's up, dog? And he'd say it right back because he's right there. <laughs> that's how, he wouldn't say it like that, but that's how, I, that's how I'd expect him to talk like that. <laughs> but anyway, that is all the time we got for today. Such a rad episode. I'm so glad I got to talk about the draft. Thank you for tuning in to episode 25, baby. We're moving along of Ball with Tyler Todd. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll see you all on Tuesday. Later.